Today's scripture is from the book of Luke, chapter 13, verse 1 to 9 and 31 to 35. Now there were some present at the time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate has mixed with their sacrifice. Jesus answered, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. For those eighteen who died when the power in Siloam fell on them, do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. Then he told this parable. A man had a big tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this big tree, and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, living alone for one more year, and I will dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. At that time, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, Leave his place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. He replied, Go tell that box. I will keep on driving out demons and killing people today and tomorrow, and on the, on the third day I will reach my goal. In any case, I must pass on today and tomorrow and the next day. For surely no prophet can die outside Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You who kill the prophets and stone those said to you. How often I have longed to gather your children together, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Look. Your house is left to you desolate. I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the word of God. A few weeks ago, I noticed that my old college roommate seemed to have gone missing. For years now, Sally has popped up in my Facebook feed a few times a week, posting something about her daughters or pictures of her old farmhouse in Ohio, 
or something about her work as a radiologist in Columbus. But it suddenly occurred to me that I'd not seen anything from her for a few weeks. And when I searched for her, she didn't even seem to have a profile anymore. I was worried that maybe something really bad had happened. And so I looked for her email, which I hadn't used in years, and sent her a message. She replied right away. She was okay. She just couldn't bear to be on social media anymore. The constant barrage of disturbing news, the travel ban, bomb threats against synagogues, violence against immigrants, healthcare repeal, relatives of hers trading angry responses when they disagreed with each other. It was just keeping her, she said, in a constant state of anxiety and stress and grief. So she just logged off and stayed off. She said it was the only way to keep despair at bay. My old roommate isn't alone. In February, late February, the American Psychological Association released results of a survey which showed that between August 2016 and January 2017, the average American's base stress level went from 4.8 to 5.1 on a scale of 1 to 10. Stress levels were highest among those living near major urban centers. 50% of the people polled in January said they were stressed about the current political climate. 66% said they were stressed about the future of our country. People also listed their worries about acts of terrorism, police violence, general personal safety. All of those stresses were increasing. The number of people stressed about personal safety increased from 29% to 34% from August to January. Now there's an old fashioned word for what my roommate expressed in her reply to my email to her. Her response about being in a constant state of anxiety and grief and stress and heartbreak. And that word is lament. Lament is, in scripture, an expression of grief and sorrow and heartbreak at the work and power of evil in the world. In the Bible, is full of lament. Over 30% of the Psalms are laments, like Psalm 44. Lord, you have made us the taunt of our neighbors, the derision and scorn of those around us. You have made us a byword among the nations, a laughingstock among the peoples all day long. My disgrace is before me and shame has covered my face at the words of the taunters and revilers and at the sight of my enemy. The prophets also raise their voices often in great keening cries of anguish over the captivity of God's people to the powers of sin and death. The prophet Jeremiah cried aloud, O oh Lord, you enticed me and I was enticed. You have overpowered me and prevailed, and I have become a laughingstock all day long. Everyone mocks me. For whatever I speak, I must cry out, I must shout, violence, destruction. And this week, at the end of our gospel reading, Jesus too laments. 
Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, blessed is the one who comes in the Lord's name. Jesus knows what it is like to look at a city, a country, a people that you love and yet feel sorrow and despair and grief over what has become of them, of what they are doing to themselves. So if you open the newspaper or turn on the news or check the latest CNN update on your iPhone and all you want to do is weep and weep and weep, know that Jesus has been there. Jesus himself stepped into that deep river of biblical lament and raised his own voice to the cries of the poets and prophets and ordinary people who came before him. And strange as it may seem, that is really good news. We know now that as Jesus stood on that hillside outside the Judean hillside and wept, Jesus is inviting us to join him in this ancient and powerful practice of lament. We really don't know how to do it. Christian blogger Sun Cha Ra notes that out of the top 100 worship songs that are listed by the Christian Copyright Licensing International, over the, the top 100 worship songs, only five of them fall into the category of lament. Somewhere else, someone said that the Presbyterian hymnal was only 19% songs of lament, and I don't know which Presbyterian hymnal they were talking about, the purple one or a different one. But anyway, somewhere along the line, American Christianity left that practice behind. Some of us want worship to be purely inspiring and uplifting, a, a totally positive experience. And others, Presbyterian, <clears throat> want to jump right into analyzing the problems thoroughly and working to fix them as energetically as we can. But, as Ra insists, when we lack the discipline of lament, we risk letting our triumphalism, our anger, our hurt, our fear, our apathy fester inside us and paralyze us. So what does lament look like as a spiritual practice? First, let's look at what lament is not. As one writer put it, lament is not despair. It's not whining. It's not a cry into the void. Instead, he continues, lament is a cry directed to God. It is the cry of those who see the truth of the world's deep wounds and the cost of seeking peace. Lament is the prayer of those who are deeply disturbed by the way things are. Another writer suggests four aspects of lament. The first, counterintuitively, is rest. Stopping all of the frantic activity by which we numb ourselves and kid ourselves that things aren't really that bad. 
or that our own efforts can fix things if we just try hard enough. Lament begins by letting all of that fall away as we pay attention to what is really happening and let the awful weight of it settle into our hearts and our souls. The second step of lament is remembering, calling to mind all those who have suffered and are suffering, all those who are suffering from the brokenness and the pain of the world as it is and the power of evil at work in the world. This might include those we know and those we don't know. It may include ourselves. It may include our community here or our community far away. But we remember. We think of suffering not only in the abstract, but in the particular, in the concrete, suffering with names and with faces. Then the next step is repentance in its most literal, literal sense of turning, turning away from evil and towards God as we voice our grief, our protest, our anguish, our fear, our longing for a better world and a better way. And then finally, as we seek to journey through lament, we respond. We ask where God's compassion and justice is asking us to place ourselves in the midst of the reality of suffering. This is different from analyzing and fixing. It's trying to see where Christ is in the situation and seeking to join him there with our hearts and our hands open to love and to serve. And if we think about it, we can see these aspects of lament in Jesus' lament in our gospel text today. First, he sees reality. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. He remembers the city that killed the prophets and stoned those who were sent to it. And then his words of protest and repentance. How many times have I longed to gather you as a mother hen gathers her chicks, but you would not do it. And finally, response. See, your house is left to you. You will see me again when you say, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, I can see some of you out there looking for a pen. You want to write down the four steps to make sure that you do it right. And yes, a conceptual framework and steps can be helpful, and I can get a copy if you really want one. But I want to end this morning simply standing with Jesus, responding to Jesus' call and example and invitation. I think the survey is right. We are anxious and stressed and fearful. And this is the time that God calls us to step into that great and deep river of biblical lament, to pour out our hearts before God and to seek to join Jesus wherever Jesus stands in the world's suffering. So for just a few moments, let us call to mind those broken places of the world that are breaking our hearts today and stand with Jesus in the hills of Judea and join him as he weeps.